Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. This is the Primal Podcast. At Primal, hunting is more than just a hobby. It's a way of life. And whether you're an expert or just getting started, Primal can help make you a better hunter. Now, here's your host, Mike Avery. Welcome to another edition of the Primal Podcast. You know, it's hard to believe that the hunting season is here. We've waited so many months for this. Summertime just flies by, and now it's time to rock. You know, for me, Mike Avery, that means one thing. But for a guy like Philip Culpepper from Hunt Club TV, it means something completely different. It means something a lot more intense. It means something a lot more time-consuming and a lot more important than what Avery's hunting season looks like. But we did manage to track down Philip. And we got a few minutes of his time. Philip Culpepper, welcome back to the Primal Podcast. Hey, Mike. Thank you for having me back on, buddy. Hey, listen, it's a real pleasure. So listen, be, before we uh, before we started recording this, you said that it is hard to believe that it's hunting season already. It is. It's, it is. It's, it's here. And uh, like I said, we were, uh, we were editing the first show, the first, I guess, true hunting show of the of the fall and uh, me and drake are up here in tennessee where we just finished up the velvet season they have a special three-day velvet season um at the end of august and then uh we're actually leaving tomorrow to head to kentucky so it uh it comes in saturday there so it's on for you yeah yes sir from here on it'll be we're going from here to kentucky and then back to georgia for the opener on the 10th so it's pretty much uh we're going to take a break in between the suit does for a couple of days and then we're then it's full deer mode from here on out Do you, can i ask how did the velvet season go Man, we got beat up pretty bad. It, it was. I hope it's not the the, the sign of how the fall is going to be. But we we had some deer, um, you know, picked out that we were that we were chasing, and and it was 
I don't know if it's, it's kind of that transition where they're starting to get hard on because some of them are already coming out of velvet. and You, you know how deer are when they kind of go underground once they shed velvet. But we had our, our, our big deer, our number one deer. He actually, the neighbor actually killed him on the opening day. So, mm. um, But he, he ended up, we were chasing him. He, I think they said they green scored him at uh, Ruffton at like 164. Wow. So, but, but but we had a good time. Like I said, at least we were in the woods and, and we got uh, – we still got some beard chases fall up here, so we'll see how it goes. You know, it's hard enough for any hunter to hear that story about the neighbor got the buck you've been after, but for you, Philip, you got so many things riding on getting big bucks, big deer killed down on video. It's a, it's you got to feel good for the guy, but at the same time, it didn't do you any good. Right. Well, it was like I said. I'm, I'm glad. I'd rather him, him have got him than get hit by a car or you yeah. know something, a bad shot, and and. Uh, you know, and I I told him congrats to him on on getting a, a stud because they, he had had pictures of him all last year and we had he was kind of bouncing back and forth between the two pieces of property. But um, you know, and I'm my mother, my good buddy Daryl Prentice up here. He was he was heartbroken about it too. But I said, man, at least we you know at least we're not chasing a ghost. At least we know he's dead. So yeah. it was at least there's a little bit of closure. So how long before we can see the finished video of this velvet hunt? This velvet hunt, we're we're hoping to have it up. Me and Drake are working on it. We're going to be working on it all day today. So I'm hoping by, by the first of the week we'll have it up ready to ready to view. So this, so you turn these things right around. This is a lot faster than if this was a broadcast or a cable TV show. Then right, you're right. We we try to get them out with if, if my kind of my my clock is as I try to get it out at the, within you know seven to eight days of whenever we when we shoot it. So um, you know we already we got a, a new guy that's helping us. Up in Iowa, one of Drake's friends is going to help us edit a little bit this year. So we're we're he's he's kind of sitting on pins and needles waiting on this Kentucky show. So as soon as we get the footage, we're going to start sending it to him to where we can get it cranked out. I did see on your uh, YouTube channel just the other day, though, uh, your latest video, or at least at the time it was your latest video. You're meeting with a buddy of yours. You call him Cheeseburger, and I tell you what, yes, cheese, <laughs> Cheeseburger is a guy I think I'd love to get to get to know. He seems like a great guy. You're doing some uh, some preseason scouting tell me more about that show about about that uh, that piece well it that that's a, actually where i uh, chris statens his name but we his nickname is cheeseburger so i just always call him cheese but um he's he's actually i met him on that piece of property that we got a club together back home in georgia and we we always just try to go out there you know in the summer when it's still you know 100 degrees and just get some cameras out get some mineral sites out and and you know we'll, we'll feed some spots, just trying to pick up some deer, just try to get inventory. Um, you know, we've got obviously spots we've hunted it. You know, the last seven or eight years, we got spots that are just honey hole spots that are traditionally pretty good. But we like to go out there and just you know get something on camera before we go in there and fine tune stands, before we start hanging lock ons or ladder stands, just to you know, especially when it's this hot, or it's kind of you know worth your worth your while doing. Well, on, on video, it said it was, you know, 93 degrees in the morning when you guys headed out there. Do your deer in the south, are they used to those temps? Does it, does it send them underground like they would up here in the north country? It's weird that they are. It's, it's hard, and that's a lot, a lot of people, or even Drake, he's from Iowa. He would, you know, he would be like, man, I don't know how y'all hunting that hot of stuff. But I mean, when you got deer on camera, they're so used to it. I mean, they're, you know, now I can say where it pays off is, Traditionally, the afternoons are better, or, or obviously right at daylight in the mornings. But it's, especially if it's legal, depending on where you're at, legal debate with Alabama and Georgia now, you can. You know, traditionally, the afternoons are better just because you do more harm than good a lot going in the mornings. But, you know, if you ever do in September get a little bit of a cool snap to where it cools off a few degrees, that's when it really gets good. 
but but yes overall you know the deer they're so used to the heat you know it's it's a it's just a way of life for them this is the primal podcast if you would like to learn more about primal tree stands all the wonderful products they have on the market these days you can go to the website primaltreestands.com primaltreestands.com we're talking with uh, Primal Pro Staffer Philip Culpepper. You know Philip from Hunt Club TV. His website, huntclubtv.com. That's huntclubtv.com. On that most recent video, uh, Philip, a couple of things I found interesting. Number one was the way you use trail cameras. Tell me more about that and how they've evolved into a scouting tool. Well, it is. It's, it's crazy how, how the technology, you know, how it's come in this entire industry, but especially on the trail camera side, just just because you can have just instant, you know, intel on what you got. And, you know, when we've used Spartan for years and, and they, you know, I love them. They're addicting. They'll keep you up at night, but especially when you're chasing a big deer. But, um, you know, they've got different ones. Obviously, they've got this new Go Live 2, which is a lot smaller, and it's still a, a wireless camera. It'll send you pictures, but they've also got this traditional trail camera. So, you know, so some spots, you know, I'll put them up. I'll put those just a regular trail camera to something that I know I'm not trying to get on. Like I'll probably hunt that piece of property later in the year, so I wasn't really worried about using one of my wireless cameras there. But um, other spots we do, you know, where we kind of share, share, share the cameras where you can share them with like Cheeseburger. I've got to share with him to where we got it on a mineral lick. It's just kind of a community spot where we kind of just check inventory. So again, you know, it being, you know, it was it was in middle of August when we did that show, so. We were just trying to really get a toll of what's on the property and what we're going to be hunting. Obviously, in in states where you can use bait or use minerals, you know where to put up your trail cameras. What about in other states where you can't bait? Where do you set the cameras? Well, I mean, you know, obviously it all depends on time of year. And, and like Tennessee up here, for example, you can't bait. But, I mean, every, everything's transitioning now to where, you know, I, I've always just – Pay attention to whether you got beans or corn. Like a lot of these places up here, we hunt. They planted the beans so late, so the beans aren't going to be turning until later on. So we ought to be able to get a couple of weeks of bow season in on them. So I, it's kind of still on that summer pattern type stuff. Those deer coming to bean fields, but right now, you know, I'm sitting there looking at the corn field that's already turned, and the deer are absolutely annihilating it. So, um, you know, catching them coming out of these corn fields, and and even if you go, you know, even back home like Georgia, you can bait, but you know, I know firsthand that I don't care if you've got bait out all year long. If if, if you have like uh, water oaks or, or some people call them pin oaks, once they start dropping, or like persimmons or muscadines, those couple weeks that those are really dropping, I mean that that trumps everything that you can put out for deer because they absolutely love it. Hard to compete with Mother Nature. Oh, it's, it's some, if you have a good persimmon tree in Georgia, it's, it's you better hang a stand and hang on because it's going to get good. Another thing I noticed about that video, and this is something we don't have to deal with in the North Country, Cheeseburger was carrying revolvers, a revolver loaded with snake rounds. I can't even imagine hunting in country where you got to worry about snakes. Oh, it's, it's crazy down, you know, and even I'm up here in, in middle Tennessee right now, and they're not, they're not near as bad as it is back home, but between water moccasins and, and rattlesnakes, those are the top two, and you got copperheads, you know. Um, is this definitely it makes you look it makes a little hairy walking in before daylight you know if, when, during bow season but it's uh i don't know i grew up around it so it's just kind of a way of life it seems like but it, it it definitely uh once it starts cooling off it's a lot nicer to more peaceful to walk in and out of the woods see, see again I, I can't even imagine that so 
I mean, do you, do you wear snake boots? Do you wear chaps? Do you watch where you walk? I mean, is it a real concern? Do hunters get bit by these things every year? Well, they, and I'll tell you the, the, well, so I personally am not a snake boot person. I mean, I, I don't, um, I just, I don't, I don't, they're so hot and I just, I'm not a, I wear, if I'm in Texas, sometimes I'll wear those snake leggings. It's the little snap on leggings, but, um, normally at home, I don't, I either wear, honestly, either rubber boots or tennis shoes, you know, in the early season, but, mm-hmm. um, but I've, I've found especially the, the number one spots for snakes are around a lot of these feed sites. And and it's that they'll hang out. I've killed a lot of rattlesnakes. My dad's killed a lot of rattlesnakes. Um, I got buddies who have who have killed them around these bait stations where you're where you're feeding deer because they, between all the birds, the rats, the mice, squirrels, they'll hit. I mean, it's like a buffet for them. Hmm. And uh, so they just they hang out. But I mean, you really got to. What they're trying to go undetected, so you got to really watch out whenever you're going to freshen up your pile. Man, man. Well, I'm I'm glad we don't have to deal with that. Other than the snakes, Philip, what what are some of the differences between hunting in the South and hunting whitetails in the North Country? Well, I mean, I, I would, if, if you're two, the most annoying things are going to be snakes and probably red bugs and chiggers. But you know, y'all get up around y'all, and it's it's not near. Uh, it doesn't seem near as bad. But as far as just the deer, I don't know. It's 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 so crazy to think that in the South, it just seems like some of the Deer and turkeys, it's like they're so, which our terrain's a lot different, but it's so unpredictable to hunt. You know, people say they got a sixth sense and everything, but we, we don't have, even when I've talked to Drake about in Georgia, even trying to find sheds or coming deer hunting, he's like, man, how do you ever pattern a deer down here? Because there's just, there's so many woods and the terrain's so different. It's so hard to deer, they could go anywhere. Versus, you know, when you get in more ag type stuff, you got pinch points and, and fields they run the edge of to where you can really kind of narrow down how they're traveling, which at home is, is tough. And you really just, I mean, it was, I grew up hunting it. So you really got to just pay attention to whether it's, you know, ridges they run or little saddles they'll cross through in the hardwoods or, or, you know, if it's a third of the way down the ridge, a lot of them deer run those side ridges. So it's, it's that and just really paying attention early season to, to that, like we talked about earlier, that fresh food source or whatever they can only get right then whether for simmons you know even on in the fall whenever white oaks start dropping you know because that them deer they, they will pound that and they adjust their pattern to that this is recognizing that you know and, and getting the right set up the wind and and hunting it right or you're not running deer everywhere because they name me and cheeseburger were talking the other day about our place that little place we got in georgia is no matter how how much you got on camera whether even if you got a deer coming to corn in the south i think this this a lot of people mess up as your entrance and exit you know that's as important as anything getting in out of your stand clean as it is having something there to hunt so i think that's one of the biggest strategies that people overlook it 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 almost sounds like you're telling me that the white tails will pattern us as much as we try to pattern them right well it is and it's like i said and and the the terrain's so different down down south and georgia and even you know you keep going further south than that with just getting in and out of places because it's in you know getting in and out of places clean without without messing it up is can be really frustrating but you know and i've had places back home that are like scouting and you walk it and like man this is dynamite but i've i've tried to even be more conservative and back off of some of those places catching deer coming and going to that just so i can get in and out of places whether it's old road bed whether it's you know, uh, a dried up creek bed, whatever it is, just a way to get in undetected. You know, and that's that. That to me is in hunting the South is one of the biggest challenges. Is just having a clean entrance and exit. 
Are there some spots you just can't get into, or is there always a way to sneak in? No, there, there, there are. Like I've got a couple spots um, down where these where two big creeks meet on on our place, and and I'll only hunt that like when it's just when I know it's just the deer are wide open, you know, chasing, and where it's just chaos. Because I do think you get away. You can obviously gamble a little more then, but traditionally, if you're if they're on any kind of a pattern and to where they're not just you know throwing caution to the wind or running wide open chasing does, I try to I try to stay out of an area like that until I know it's just you know it's go time and you got to go in there and just try to get it done. Between Hunt Club TV and uh, Realtree, you've had the chance to hunt whitetails all across the country. Do you have a favorite state, Philip? Man, I, I still you know I've been very blessed you know to traveling and filming and. and hunting places i mean very blessed to, to, to go to places i've been and uh, especially with real tree and you know number one the, the my, my favorite spot of all time is milk river just just the the families up there i mean they're 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 all like family to me i mean and it's just the the way you hunt those deer and 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 it's such a a to b type style hunting of deer coming from bed to feed and and you can sit up on those bluffs and and watch them day after day and and really hunting up there really made me learn about hunting deer hunting with the wind and paying attention to what the wind does because those deer would literally whichever way the wind was blowing they would they change their pattern how they travel and it really that's really where i learned to see the effects the wind had on deer and that that but as far as something that's sentimental to me the milk river you know is the number one spot that I've, i'll always cherish it's interesting that when i asked you this question you gave me an answer that involved people in addition to deer and that's that's a that's a big part of hunting, isn't it? The people that we hunt with, the people that we get to know, that's part of the experience. Oh, a hundred percent, you know, and that's um you know, that's kind of the the, the whole synopsis by behind Hunt Club. It's just, you know, it's obviously everybody wants to see big deer and, and, and see big deer fall and be and, and people be successful, but you know, it's just that we got a group of guys that we're all like family and, and, and you know, we're pulling for each other and, and I think that's one of the biggest things is 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 surrounding yourself by folks who are going to pull for each other and be just as happy for other success as you are. And, you know, and that's, you know, you throw a big deer in there and that's just icing on the cake. <laughs> on that note, this is a good time to take a break here on the Primal Podcast. If you would like to learn more about Primal Tree Stands and all the other great products they're putting out these days, check out the website primaltreestands.com. That's primaltreestands.com. If you want to learn more about Philip Culpepper, check out his website, huntclubtv.com. That's huntclubtv.com. We will take a quick break and be right back. Do you want to save money on great hunting gear? Head to the Primal Tree Stands website and use my promo code Avery. You know I love that Primal Wraith 270 see-through ground blind, and their new Breeze blind is a great option too. For tree stand hunters, check out the snap sticks, rip rails, or grip stick climbing sticks. And to make your time in the stand as safe as possible, take a look at the descender. That slowly lowers you to the ground in case of a fall. All of these products and more are available on Primal Tree Stands. Just use the promo code Avery at checkout and get a great discount, including my favorite, the Wraith See-Through Blind for less than $200. That's right, one of the most popular see-through ground blinds on the market at a price you can't beat anywhere. Again, go to PrimalTreeStands.com and use the promo code Avery to get big discounts on everything on the website, including that Wraith ground blind for less than $200.
Welcome back to the Primal Podcast. My name is Mike Avery. This time around, talking with Philip Culpepper of Hunt Club TV, HuntClubTV.com. Philip, before the break, you, you talked a little bit about this, but I want to follow up on it. What is Hunt Club TV? How did you guys come to be, and, and what's the goal? Man, it, it, honestly, it was, uh, you know, I worked at Realtree for over 18 years just filming and producing, and, and it was, you know, I... I was there when early on I traveled with, with Michael Wondell a lot and produced road trips for, for four years to where, you know, like you were saying, the, the hunting side of it's more too than just, you know, big deer and, and, and busting beaks on turkeys to where it is is, is that camaraderie and that bond and, and that fellowship between folks and, and and being able to truly see the side of pulling for one another, you know, and, and that's that's just something that, you know, between uh, we had all the guys that we're doing it with, we've always hunted together. And just like Cheeseburger, I hunted with him for six or seven years before we ever did Hunt Club. And, you know, he had never even picked up a camera before, before we started doing Hunt Club. So we we just was just, I was just thinking of an idea of doing a, getting kind of back to the basics of, you know, not, not a necessarily an old road trip style show, but more of that same, that same general concept of just, you know, a bunch of people having fun and just trying to portray that and come across just like we normally are every day. And, and that's that's where it all started. So I was like, well, let's just go with it. And, you know, we, we've got a general idea. We want to, you know, try to kill some turkeys and kill deer. But at the same time, I just want to capture what we all do every day anyway and just see if it, see if it strikes a chord with anybody. Well, and it has. It does strike a chord. I mean, people people relate to the style of video storytelling, and, and it resonates with them. At least that's what I see from the outside, Philip. Right. Well, I, again, I, I'm, we're very blessed to do what we do and, and have the opportunities. And, 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 you know, I feel like I grew up almost, you know, with a camera in my hand as far as documenting everything. So um, it, to me, it is second nature, but it's, but it's I've enjoyed seeing the sides of it like, you know, like cheeseburger and like, you know, my dad's got, he, he's done a lot of self film in the past, but he's even the more of the storytelling, he's gotten more in depth with it on that end to where to see them is frustrating in the beginning, I think, but then you see the end result and you see the reward of that, have been able to, cause that is a big feat to be able to, you know, self film, you kill a mature deer, especially in Georgia or wherever you're at. But I think to, it's cool to see them to, to all, like almost like they get it and they, and they, they've, they're proud of themselves and just like we're all we're all pulling for one another saying man something i didn't think could be done we did it and then look at the store we got it in we can go back and we're showing people just like we really are just like just like we always are high-fiving for one another we're able to get that that point across maybe this is a little bit inside baseball but as a as a kind of a video guy myself i'm i'm fascinated with the way you guys shoot these I, i are you using GoPros for these, or are you using your your phones to shoot these videos as you're walking through the woods? Say that day as you were scouting down there in the hot weather. Right. Well, we normally normally ninety percent of the time on that stuff we use either a Tacticam or GoPro. Um, you know, for for that for that little POV type angle, and we're we got a new little uh, a little Sony camera Drake had just ordered. It's, it's kind of a little DSLR camera. We're going to start doing some documentary stuff with that, and then. Um, and then we got a couple of other FX3 cameras, bigger cameras that'll, that'll, that Drake was infatuated with. I don't even know how to run it, really. But, <laughs> it's, but it's, it's more of a, you know, it's more of an upgrade to where it's, it's got a really good lens on it to where we can get some high-quality stuff with that. So it's we got everything kind of across the board. So it's just a matter of, of, of we just try to show it like it is and whatever we got with us, we, we film with. Okay, so you just wrapped up a Velvet Hunt. Walk me through the rest of your season, at least as you know it, Philip. 
Well, so we're actually um, – we got an invite from a buddy here just last minute. We're going to Kentucky tomorrow um, for the – that season opens on Saturday. We're going to hunt there for a couple of days, um, maybe through Monday, and then come back. We're coming back to Tennessee for a dove hunt, which we always do every year with some friends, uh, our friends from Retay. And then from there we're going to Georgia for the opener on the 10th. And um, we'll, we'll hunt there for a few days. Then Drake's got some other stuff he's got to go do. And I actually, uh, the 22nd, um, I may be headed down to, I'm, I'm still playing it by ear, headed down to South Georgia for a bear hunt. So they, they have a, a bear season down there. So then from there, I'll come back up here to Tennessee on the, on the, toward the end of September. And, and we'll probably be rolling on from there, uh, eventually go up to Maryland uh, with our good friends up there. And uh, I did not draw Kansas this year. So I'm still bummed about that. But, um, but from there, we'll, we'll, I'll probably just be hanging her out, whether it's Tennessee, Georgia, um, some stuff in Alabama. So just probably states like that where it'll, it'll be mostly in the south this year. Do you get any time at all just to go out and hunt for fun without a camera? Or every time you walk in the woods, is it being documented these days? It, it seems like it is, the majority of the time it is documented, whether, like I said, it's, it's that second nature too. But, I mean, I do enjoy going out. Um, you know, even if you're shooting does or do whatever, just sometimes hunting. And I do turkey hunting a lot of times. I'll I'll pick a day just to go out, you know, go out by myself type deal, and and just just to go and you know, and I enjoy it regardless of what we're doing. But it's just kind of a reset, you know. You can just go and just get away from everything, and not have to worry about anything, and just go have a good time. But you know, it is with you know with the with it being it being truly a business and this is you know you only get so many tags so it's one of those things you hate not that you're wasting a tag but you're yeah. like man we've been cool if we'd had that on video it's hard to to go pull the trigger on something or, or go all in trying to kill something big when that you've been chasing and not get it on videos because i mean like i said this is you know we're blessed to do it but this is what we do and that's what is expected so we we you know we try to you know document you know 95 percent of what we do you talk about trying to kill something big. Is 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 there a minimum you're dealing with in your mind, or is that going to vary depending on where you're hunting? Just size of rack wise, yeah, I, yeah. No, I mean I, I'm more or, or I'm, age I'm, or I'm, age. I've always been just if it's a mature deer, you know, if it's a four year old plus, we we try to let deer get older. Um, to just just you know just that's just just like killing a you know like a turkey. If it's a if it's a two year old turkey got a full fan, I'm all in. I'm not. I've never been been got caught up on the rack stuff to where it's it's a, if it's a mature deer and and something we're saying is old enough to kill then then he's on the hit list. Gotcha. I got to go back to this uh, bear hunt you were talking about. That's my real passion. That's what I love. Is this um, and so is is this a hound hunt or is this a bait hunt or what? No this this is uh this is neither actually this county this is in. Um, you can't run dogs and and you can't hunt over bait, um, so it's it's kind of a, you know, it's it's going to be a tough one. But I, we we've got some cameras out and stuff, and and there's some bears that have been hitting some of these food plots. Um, you know, it, to where it's going to be kind of a game time decision if they're there. And, and you know, from what I, I don't I don't know much about bears at all. So from what I gather, though, if there's whether it's acorn trees or something dropping, they're they're pretty consistent if they get on the food source. Well, so um, I don't, but I don't know. I don't know what to expect. Except a lot of mosquitoes and probably <laughs> a lot of water moccasins. So I don't know. <laughs> and we got to come back to those snakes again, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, well, listen, I wish South Georgia, so. I, I wish you luck on, on that. See, I'm used to bear hunting here in Michigan or even up in Canada. Again, I can't imagine. I can't imagine a critter like a bear that's got all this black, thick fur surviving and thriving down there in Georgia. Hey, that blows my mind. I don't know how they, and even they're even they're even thicker down south of there, South Florida. I don't know how they survive. They don't burn up, but this they're there. So if, if there's the one showing up, I'll be there too. Yeah. I can't wait to see that one. I can't. I, I love your videos. I look forward to seeing. Before we let you go, because I know you're busy, let's talk once again about your relationship with Primal. How did this all happen, and, and how are you using these guys to get the job done? Well, it's crazy. We, we you talked about you know my favorite spot to hunt, and, and you know the most sentimental spot to me is Milk River, and that's that's one of those when Bob uh, Ransom came out there hundred years ago. That's where me and him really hit it off, and he'd killed a heck of a deer coming across. The, we're literally coming across the Milk River, and uh, and and me and Bob had just stayed in touch and hit off from there, and 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 you know we're always you know always good buddies and always talked, and and whenever we came up with a hunt club idea and decided to do it, obviously to make it work to be a business, you got to have partners, and and obviously it's it's a I'm more into strategic partners to where it's somebody I believe in, somebody that you know I know believes in me, and and we got each other's back, and and you know. That that from day one was always with me and Bob, but you know, separate from just the quality of the stands and the blinds. So, um, and then you throw that aspect in there. It was a you know, it was obviously a, a number one one of the number one people I went to as far as when I said, look, we're going to do this hunt club thing. And, and he was he didn't hesitate a bit. He was on board, you know, from from day one. Well, Philip Culpepper, I mean, obviously you have uh, survived and, and thrived in this industry for so long. You, you know what you're talking about. When you say the right partner is important, I hear what you're saying. And I'm, I'm glad to have an opportunity to talk with you on these uh, Primal podcasts. And I wish you a great season. I look forward to talking again soon. Well, thank you, Mike. And like I said, I'm, I'm, you got my cell number, so I'm open anytime. You just let me know. Yeah, if, I just if, gotta be on the right time schedule. As long as I'm in the right time zone, you just let me know. <laughs> All right, Philip, I appreciate that. Good luck. We'll talk again. See you, Mike. All right, Philip Culpepper on this edition of the Primal Podcast. Again, if you want to learn more about Philip and his Hunt Club TV, check out the website, huntclubtv.com. Huntclubtv.com. From there, you can get to all their social media outlets. And if you want to learn more about Primal Tree Stands, this company we were talking about, uh, you know, Philip mentioned Bob, Bob Ransom, the guy behind Primal Tree Stands and, and all, their, all of their uh, great products. Go to their website, primaltreestands.com. That's primaltreestands.com. My name is Mike Avery, and I will talk with you next time right here on the Primal Podcast.